Today, we have Matea Sponza, software engineer and manager at Microsoft, and he was part of the Skype acquisition years and years ago. How's it going, Matea? Oh, very good. Uh, I'm calling from Estonia, actually, and summer is about to start. So, okay, so it's I was going to say, well, how's the weather? It's pretty good? <laughs> it's, it's very good. In Estonia, we usually don't have as good weather. So Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear it. And Carl, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We've recently had our first real nice week of spring, so I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy that now and getting ready for some of these outdoor projects on the weekends. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Well, let's jump into these questions because we, we want to hear about uh, low code, no code. So I guess the first thing we should ask is, uh, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be low code or no code? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good question. It's like a topic of our uh, talk. Mm -hmm. uh, but like before I would jump into it, I, I would like actually to give you a bit of broader context about software industry in general, like where we are at the moment and what is estimated future time. So, so Microsoft estimates that in upcoming couple of years, uh, we as a software industry will generate 500 million applications. Uh, Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, uh, uh, was talking about this uh, recently in uh, Microsoft Inspire. Now, people are inherently bad with large numbers. So let me put into perspective what is 500 million and what does it represent? That's more applications is going to be developed in upcoming several years than it has been developed since the beginning of time combined. <laughs> wow. Uh, and, and, but that comes with a very interesting consequence. So it turns out that there aren't enough software engineers to do the job. So, so if you take every software engineer, every professional software engineer that we have today, and you take every software engineer that will come out of schools year after year from next for next five years, there won't be enough uh, engineers to do the job. Ba basically, software industry is becoming larger than itself. So, so I can I can jump to the answer, like, you know, to, to the answer to the question is like solution. Uh, but let me actually tell why is this happening? To, to have a bigger, bigger understanding of the impact. So if we look at car industry today, so auto industry today is hiring uh, at three times bigger rate software engineers compared to mechanical engineers. And that, that's happening today wow. in an industry. <laughs> that makes sense that though. Has, I mean, the, the complexity of the software in cars is just, it's getting, it's getting wild. Correct. And this is industry that has historically been Truly, you know, very uh, mechanical engineering oriented and at one time exclusively, you know, and in this industry, the rate of hiring of software engineers is 3x. Now, we, this is actually an indicator that every large company out there is slowly becoming a software company. And as they are transitioning to this, you know, uh, digital world, what about small and medium businesses? So, so what about, you know, a shop down the street? Uh, small and medium businesses don't have IT departments and they don't have resources to hire software engineers. And also if we you know, take into account the numbers from a moment ago, maybe there won't be even a software engineer to hire. You know? so, so what about them? They also need to automate their, pro their processes. They also need their specific lines of business applications to utilize resources more efficiently. Uh, so that's where low code and no code comes into play. So low-code and no-code platforms represent systems and solutions that enable people that are not software engineers to, to actually create software. 
So I'm, I'm glad to hear that we're not working ourselves out of a job here. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I, I remember there were efforts years and years ago where it's just like, hey, you don't need developers anymore. And it's just like, wait a second. Uh, but it sounds like the demand is so high that this is this really is just a new market segment that that, that we really shouldn't fear. So that that's uh, that, that that makes me feel better. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of times, you know, we call, you know, like the people that are going to be start doing this, the citizen developers. Can, can you kind of like put a better definition on that to set the context yes. for the rest yes. of our discussion? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so Microsoft and other industry leaders are actually working hard on tackling this problem. Uh, so we coined this term citizen developers. Like the idea behind this is that professionals from other industries uh, should be able to create their own uh, business applications and they should be able to automate their own processes, basically freeing up professional software engineers to tackle more complex problems. Uh, so, so essentially, if professionals from other industries, from professionals from finance, from healthcare, from transport, can create their own domain-specific applications, then software engineers are uh, liberated to actually tackle complex problems of creating the platforms and the systems upon which uh, the rest of the software industry will be created. Interesting. So, you know, every time we've had a solution like this, it's always seemed great on paper, but then, you know, like there was always like a key limitation that, 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 you know, I would run into or somebody else would run into and it made it so that it was just unusable. Now, to be fair, I have seen uh, Power Apps be sort of an exception to that. I've actually seen some apps within Microsoft be written in Power Apps, which is pretty impressive. But like, what, what is kind of the state of that? Are we finally past that where we can now develop some decent apps in this and there's not huge limitations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so where we are, like low-code and no-code platforms are not new. Like they've been with us for a long time. Uh, but historically, uh, they had two problems. Uh, they were simple, either simple, and then they couldn't tackle real-life complex problems. Or they were, you know, very powerful and could tackle real-life uh, problems, but on, then you needed to actually be a software engineer to use them which defeats the purpose. Now, recently, there has been explosion of uh, low-code, no-code platform utilization. And, and then why is that? Like, what changed? And, uh, like, interesting thing is, like, you know, enter the scene AI. So you might be wondering, like, what does artificial intelligence has to do with it? Like, right. It, it has a lot. So so to, to, exp- to explain is... Uh, I think the best description of best human understandable description of AI that I got throughout my time is is like this: in traditional software engineering, uh, you had input data, and then a software engineer would go and arrange if and else statements and for loops in a se- uh, specific order to get desired output. And you needed to be a professional software engineer to kind of know how to do that. Now, in AI-based systems. You take input data and you tell to the computer, for this input, this is the desired output that I want. And for this other input, this is the desired output. And then computer goes and basically, you know, creates those and arranges those if and else statements so that you get for new input, the output you expect. Now, this is a bit of simplification, uh, but the reality is not too far from it. And 
when you put it so, it, it has a lot to do with low-code, no-code platforms because you, general, you, you actually got the solution without writing code. The mach, machine was the one uh, that created the, the actual software. So when the, uh, reason, with recent advancements in AI, it enabled us to embed AI components into low-code, no-code platforms. Uh, and the promise that bring, brought is that it could enhance the power of, of the solutions that can be generated. Like the solutions can tackle complex real life problems while keeping the simplicity uh, and not requiring you to be actual software engineer or data scientist to use them. Uh, so, so I, and that, that's where we are at today. So uh, you, you've mentioned to us before the show that you have a, a project called the Cat AI project. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's where this discussion is leading up to. If so, can you tell us a little bit about this Cat AI project and you know how it relates to low code, no code? Yes. Uh, so, so the idea there, like when when this promise of AI came to low code, no code platforms, it was kind of you know, okay, marketing talk, but let's let's test it out. Uh, so for a long time, I wanted to create an application called uh, Find My Cat, you know, and and I was like, okay, this is the perfect opportunity. So so I set myself. Th- these are these were the requirements that I set myself. So uh, the application must be able to scan the environment and to find my cat. Not any cat, but to find my cat. And when it finds my cat, it needs to notify me. Uh, but since we, we talk about the low-code, no-code, I added two more restrictions. So first restriction, the application need, needs to be able to be created in a couple of hours. Why? Because if it takes you know three months to create it, definitely we break the simple uh, uh, part from the equation. And it also needs to be created uh, by an average Excel user. So... so it's not a random person on the street, but the idea is that if you are an average Excel user, not advanced, like just just average, you know to you know take a column A and sum it and display the output in the cell F4. That that's enough. So the idea is that average Excel user uh, should not have much or any new uh, knowledge needed to complete the project, and, and and that's where that's where the the project comes. Uh, so so what is it about? Uh, uh, it's created using uh, Power Apps and using Microsoft Power Platform. And I actually presented it uh, uh, to students in Estonia uh, as a part of uh, uh, AI projects and where uh, software industry is heading. So, so I was able to make a presentation uh, where I created the Find My Cat app from zero till the end in 15 minutes. <laughs> Wow. And it's a rush, uh, but why 15 minutes? Because you know the whole talk was 30 minutes, so I needed a bit of time before and a bit of time later. Uh, and uh, the the Power Platform and Power Apps in particular are able to do this. Uh, and I, I know we can discuss on how it's actually made. Yeah, is the image recognition built into Power Apps, or did you have to like call out to a separate service? Mm-hmm. So so Power Apps uh, have built-in uh, AI builder. So AI Builder helps uh, people that are not software engineers and that are not data scientists to build a machine learning model. And it actually uh, has uh, several types of uh, machine learning models that you can train. Uh, but the vision, vision one is probably the best one to start. 
because when you operate on images or video stream, you know the output is is actually you can see it. You know the the machine learning model draws boxes on the screen, and and you can kind of uh, see it. While you can also do uh, uh, predictions with data. Uh, it's just less intuitive. Like you, you have a you know, starting value of 500, and then the resulting value is like 800. And even though it can be a breakthrough, you're not completely sure what happened. So this uh, this idea of uh, using vision uh, as a tech showcase uh, for AI, I think it's a it's a great for the start. So so how does it look like, or where does uh, Microsoft's low code no code platform helps you? So if you want to, when you start building Find My Cat app, yeah, like you go to AI Builder, uh, it's a web service, you do it from a browser, and you follow, there is a wizard, uh, like you follow steps, like next, 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 I agree, and, and it's done. Uh, so, so the process looks like it, it first asks you uh, to upload 15 to 50 images of your cat or whatever you want to find. And... Uh, and this is actually quite cool because like with 50 images, the model you get is quite confident, but you can even get results with 15, uh, which is quite, quite extraordinary. And this builds on existing large knowledge because the models already know who to recognize cats and models already know to recognize various objects. Now you need to just train it a bit more to recognize your cat. Okay. So that's, that's pretty cool. That, yeah. that is really cool because um, there was a few years ago, I have a pool. And, you know, I, I was just trying to ask somebody within Microsoft who is an AI expert. I'm like, hey, you know, how, you know, how much data do I need to predict? Like if, if, if it's cold in the morning and it's going to be sunny, like what my pool temperature is going to be by the end of the day. And he's like, oh, you need like years of data. I'm like, well, that's, that's not useful to me because by the time that I'm going to be able to predict, you know, what my pool temperature is going to be, I'm going to be too old to use the pool. And, yeah. and hearing and hearing that you know, for something like this, you need a lot less data. That brings it back to that Excel user, uh, you know, capability set. I have yeah. another AI idea for you, Carl. Uh, camera <laughs> Is above it pool the related. Yeah, well, that's yeah, exactly. It's pool related. So, camera above the pool. What I would love to have, which I think would be difficult, but maybe Matea can help us here. <laughs> Basically, tell us if somebody's drowning. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but you hit you you hit the like correct correct place there. So the data is essential. Mm -hmm. Data is the the new goal. Data data is the modern. So I have currency. to I have to drown a couple of people for the data <laughs> for the data to to generate oh, the data. But that, that's costly. That's the, no, no, but but that's the key. Also, the question is like, hey, where, where do I get fifty photos of my cat? Uh, so so the idea here is that uh, uh, data is uh, data is essential. Data has a huge value. That's why privacy like from users perspective that's why privacy is now more important than ever because what we are talking about here is that even a an, like a non-software engineer a, a average excel user can use this data right. now today to produce value then then you know a set of trained um, uh, data scientists and uh, can can do even more so, so that's why it's huge focus on on privacy and how data is governed, and uh, that's where Microsoft is investing actually a, a lot of effort so that data is not misused. Right, right. And then I mentioned earlier that like a lot of times with these solutions, you run into like a key limitation. Uh, you'll mm -hmm. just you'll be you'll be building it. And it's like oh, I need this one feature and it doesn't exist. So yeah. is there is there some kind of escape hatch where I could you know basically jump in, actually write some code, 
And then as part of that flow, can I call out to that code and then come back in so that I can, mm-hmm. you know, essentially build my own feature in there? Yes. So so Power Platform has a notion of connectors. That's basically uh, 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 connector represents this, you know, escape hatch. It's basically a uh, 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 gateway out of the system of Power Platform into other uh, system that can be generated by you as a software engineer or even utilized as a uh, third-party uh, company. So, so to, to give you an example of what it means, uh, I'll go back to the cat find my cat app. So, so when you train them, when you when you label those images, so, so we, we stopped at uh, uploading 15 to 50 images to your uh, uh, to AI builder, and then you iterate through them and you just label them like this is my cat this is not and this is my cat and this is not and after a couple of iterations the, the system even becomes smart and even uh, promote uh, even presents you like hey I, I think this is your cat and then you just say you know yes yes no yes you know you adjust the rectangle and when you once you label your images you train uh, the model so you you hit train here is my data uh, and then after an hour or two you get your model but what this model represents is actually a software it's an application and you are free to do with this model whatever you want so you can expose it as a web service in the cloud you can even download the simplified version of this model and run it on your phone or or even a web camera uh, you know as much as you want and that's where power apps comes into play because one of the ways to utilize this model is then to create a power app around it so so you switch to power app designer and it looks very much like Excel. It even has function bar at the top uh, where, where you write you know, Excel queries. And, and you assemble in drag and drop what you see, what you get interface. You, you take edit boxes. And edit box is like truly an Excel cell. You know, just you can think of it. You take the Excel cell and you can position it anywhere you want on the screen. And you hook up buttons. And then you, you hook up video stream from a camera. And you say, whenever the button is hit, take this image and give it to a model. And what model does, it answers back, you know, this is your cat or not. And once you have this info, you know, this is your cat or not, you are free to do whatever you want with it. In my demo application, I send myself an email and saying, you know, cat found. And if it's and if the cat is not found, then nothing. But this is where, you know, where escape hatch happens or, or, or connectors come into play. You are free to do with the information whatever you want. If you want to call a third-party service, you can do so from PowerUp itself. If you want to rel- if you want to send an email, you actually the service you are interacting is Exchange, but it doesn't prevent you. You can interact with OneDrive, you can con- interact with the Dropbox, or you can even interact with anything that you've wrote. You decide what happens with the data. That's where the, the power of the platform lays, lies, I think. Cool, cool. And then you also did a there was a hack that you did with uh, Garmin. What were the details behind yes. that one? <laughs> That's a, that that was an interesting project. Uh, so so uh, some time ago, uh, uh, our colleague called Levo Sepp uh, from Estonia. He's actually he, he's my colleague, but he's also a relatively uh, famous extreme sportsman. Uh, so so he's uh, 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 he he's a winner of the world's longest kayak race that is 750 kilometers long. Uh, I think that is uh, 460 miles a kayak race. Uh, so so he's, he's winner of it. He's uh, 
uh, he did rescue uh, operations uh, on the mountains in altitudes 6,500 6, meters. I think that's like 400 miles or or something, if I calculate correctly, uh, units. Uh, uh, he drove kayak through Gulf, Gulf of Finland. That's basically, he, he drove kayak across the Baltic Sea multiple times, won Ironman competitions and many other smaller achievements. So what I would say, he's a, a, a true sportsman and uh, he's, uh, 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 he needed a system uh, that can help uh, him being tracked during the competition that, that, so that his team can uh, interact with him in a very uh, tailored way uh, that is uh, uh, tailored to, to his style or, or to what he does in the way he do it. And he created a, a solution uh, using uh, Azure serverless compute. So, so she, he created, uh, he used the Azure functions and the Cosmos DB and created quite a, quite a neat solution that um, is very cost effective, like co costs close to nothing and, and is very powerful. But during our cooperation, I actually said, hey, Levo, uh, wait a moment. This is actually a perfect place to use uh, no-code, low-code platforms. So what we were able to do is to create uh, the, the system that kind of fits his description uh, of the problem in a matter of a couple of days. Uh, so, so what we used is uh, uh, Power Automate uh, and the Azure Logic Apps for the backend. Basically, Power Automate uh, enables you to create a server application. Uh, but using, you know, mouse uh, in a drag and drop uh, fashion. So, so uh, the system was able to interact with Garmin, a third-party service that has nothing to do with low-code, no-code. They are just service provider exposing interface for developers. But you are able, we were able to, to use Garmin services uh, from our low-code, no-code platform, get the data, process it in real time and store it uh, into a database. And, and the server is created, server application is created in 72 mouse clicks. So, so th <laughs> this is how powerful it is. Uh, if you would think about you as a professional software engineers, you know, how, how much time or what would it take for you to do this, uh, you, you can kind of understand how, how fast this is or how easy those you know, 72 mouse clicks uh, were, were done. And that's just the start of the, uh, of the picture. Once you have the data in the database, but, but also to create it, you didn't know anything, you didn't need to know anything about databases at all. Like for you, it's like, I get the data, I kind of you know, filter what I am interested and I store it somewhere. It gets stored in the Cosmos DB, but you actually don't care. Uh, and uh, so once the data is in the database, what then? Like you need to kind of show it somehow. You need to use it. So so that's where Power BI comes into play. Power BI is the, the system that enables people that are not data scientists to, to actually reason upon data, to visualize it, to make business decisions. Power BI democratizes data. So what what is done is, you take Power BI, you point it to your database, and, and it says like, hey, there is some spatial data, I can represent it in a map. And you're like, okay. So, so in a couple of quick clicks from this data, you got the map with, with plotted uh, points uh, where, where your data points are. And then in a couple of more clicks, you can publish this data to be consumed from any web service, from, from any website. Now, 
you can actually use any platform you want. If you want, you know, your WordPress blog to host it, you can, you know, then present this Power BI uh, visualization in any web hosting framework or even application of your choice. Uh, but if you you still continue with Power Platform and low code, no code the development, you can go back now to Power Apps and make a web portal. So in a couple of more clicks, you make a web portal and embed uh, basically visualization, interactive visualization uh, from Power Apps. And then in Levo's case, uh, he he needed authentication because the data is in was intended for his team and his family and his friends, not general public. But in my case of visualizing a sportsman on the track, you, you can leave it as public. So when you build the portal, you actually choose like, hey, you know, authentication required or authentication not required. You don't need to know about how it, authentication works. That, that, that is taken care by the platform for you. So, so you can turn it on or turn it off. And with it, you, you kind of got end-to-end -end solution uh, uh, from truly interacting with a uh, third-party service, processing data, storing it, reasoning upon it, visualizing, and then even representing it in you know, various places that you desire. Uh, and, and also a comment, like the, the examples that I talk about here uh, for, for our audience, uh, I will leave in the description of the, uh, of the episode a link. So, so I basically published a source no code or <laughs> however this would be put. Uh, uh, the lack of I, source I, code. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your GitHub uh, so, must be really exciting. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so, so I, I published it and I'll leave the links. So, so examples that I talked about, you, you can actually go through and you can make it for yourself and you can learn how it's done and then how can it be applied for your particular use case. Yeah, I think it was really cool how you went through how, you know, he had started, you know, doing this in Azure with functions and everything else. And you were able to completely replicate everything, um, you know, with these no-code, low-code solutions. Um, you know, at the very beginning, you started off by talking about how in the next few years, there's going to be hundreds of millions of apps that are needed to be created. What, what are the types of scenarios out of those hundreds of millions of apps that really are best solvable with low code, no code? Uh, truly, uh, any, you know, like your uh, line of business application uh, that, that doesn't have a generic solution out there, like anything uh, your particular uh, business need uh, that, that, that you have uh, for which you know the, the scope is not large enough, there is no market and and you don't have a generic solution that can be tailored. Uh, uh, so so I would say if you look at find my cat example, it sounds like a silly app or like it's uh, is it usable or not? But in reality the data is what drives it. So instead of you know find my cat, you can say find my car. You know, you just need to train the data for a car. Uh, and also, instead of sending you email, if you plug it into your, you know, home automation system, you can open the gate. But where does the real uh, power lies is uh, if you are a, a small and medium business, for example, a shop owner uh, for the shop down the street, and you can take the find my find my cat example, and instead of training it on cat photos, uh, you can train it on store shelves. Uh, 
So instead of recognizing a cat on a video stream, it can recognize store items, you know, chips. And then you can do the opposite logic. Instead of like, hey, when I find uh, a chip, send me you know, a notification, send me an email, you can op do opposite. If I don't find the chip, send me notification. So essentially- need to stock the shelf. Exactly. We're, sol we're solving the business problem here. Exactly. So essentially what you got is you, you actually got autonom autonomous notification for when the shelf needs to be stocked. You no longer need to go down the aisle. You no longer need to watch a video stream. The moment the, the system recognizes, hey, there is no chips, you get the instant notification, you go and refill the shelf. And think about this. The, the, the example was created in a matter of a couple of hours. Now, I know what I'm doing, so it means that, you know, and I was able to create it in a matter of a couple of hours, so it means that, you know, then a person who needs to explore or something would spend a week. <laughs> yeah. While comparingly, think about mm -hmm. how much, if you would be a software engineer and you get tasked uh, to make a solution that, you know, kind of notifies a store owner when the shelf needs to be restocked, how much time and uh, resources would you need? Uh, so, so that's a, that's a, I think excellent use case, and and we can even talk about the the Garmin location uh, tracking. Uh, if we if we uh, have more time toward the end, we can come back and and uh, explore how this can expand into you know a, a usable business need. Yeah, but you know, just going into you know the retail situation just a little bit further, I think it's also a really good example. Uh, because, you know, most retail outfits already have cameras pointed at their merchandise. Yes. <laughs> and so yes. you're, you're not requiring them to buy anything, you know, additional to help, you know, implement mm -hmm. this. This is things that they already have and that they can tap into. Mm -hmm. And the promise of low-code, no-code platform is that you don't need a, so you don't need to be a software engineer to make it. So, if you are a retailer, you don't need to outsource this work. You don't need to hire your IT department. The idea is that an employee can make it uh, with the existing knowledge that she or he already has. Cool. I, I mean, that's that's a, a great promise or, or like looks like a wonderful future. <laughs> so, But it's actually today. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of different like business cases. I was just curious. I mean, other than finding your cat... Do you have other like automations that you use uh, in your personal life? Mm -hmm. We can, yeah. So, so now we come to <laughs> power automate. I think uh, so. So this this year there was an exciting announcement actually from from Microsoft. Uh, let let me give more context actually before we get there. Sure. Uh, so so uh, here in Estonia, uh, a friend of mine uh, was working with various customer support systems and uh, uh, companies over the past of, I don't know, more than 10 years. or uh, And he's truly an expert in, in what he does. And uh, uh, he noticed a place where, you know, like the process can be improved. So you have different systems uh, that you as a customer support uh, uh, expert interact with. And then none of those systems are actually completely tailored to the uh, use case that that they were using. So what ended up happening is that uh, customer support agent receives an instruction set. Like, you know, when, when you get case like this, this is, these are the steps you do, and this is the notification you compile and you, know, you, know, you respond. And then you, when you get second case, you know, that's what you do. So he automated uh, several of those steps on his own using Excel. Uh, and so, so what he did is that like, 
he created, you know, Excel formulas that, you know, he, he interacts with different systems, copies the value, puts it into Excel, and then Excel creates, for example, an email template, even selects the proper language uh, of the customer to respond to, and then he just takes the uh, template, copies it, and pastes it back to a, a system that they were using. And what he didn't realize is, you know, for him, it's like, okay, in an Excel sheet, uh, but essentially, he, he made software. <laughs> he, is, he is a software engineer for, for you know, many intents of, and purposes. Now, what is the exciting announcement there? Uh, there is a system called Power Automate Desktop, and uh, it's meant to automate, uh, uh, basically to bridge the gap between, you know, like legacy applications and uh, web pages. It, it enables you to interact with a Windows machine and record your steps in an intelligent way. So, so it doesn't look at, you know, mouse, mouse position and whatnot. It, it, you, it uh, records your steps in an intelligent way and then allows you to replay them using, you know, different configuration. So essentially, even though the system that friend of mine created using Excel was a huge step forward because he didn't need to then go and compile the, those, that, that information anymore manually, it was still missing this you know, last mile uh, to, to basically, using Power Automate, uh, he can uh, automate basically copying from Excel back to the customer support uh, systems that he used. And the benefit here is not only that you save time, like you no longer need to do this manually, but you improve quality because if it's automated, chances are, you know, there are less chances, chances of an error. And then when you automate this end result, which is kind of, you know, okay, from Excel back to the sheet, then you actually can automate even the beginning, like when, when you interacted with those various systems to create account, give, uh, uh, I don't know, configure it and, and whatnot. If you record your steps uh, there and also copying back to Excel, you can then for a given case completely replay it and then just, you know, sitting there and say, yes, you know, it's good, uh, continue. Uh, so so uh, this, was the, this was the vision I had you know, I know, a year ago, and then in the spring, I think in uh, uh, March, Microsoft announced that uh, Power Automate Desktop that actually enables this becomes free and uh, for any Windows user, like doesn't matter, like Windows 10 Home user, right. Windows 10 uh, Pro user, uh, uh, it, it's it's free to use. You you have this power. Uh, so yeah, I I installed it a while ago, and and I'm just looking through this. I I can't believe how many actions are in here. And I wasn't aware yes. of that web and desktop recorder that that was new to me. Um, but yeah, I can yeah. even get and like the default helps. printer. I can like read emails and print things and zip things and call services and loops, conditionals. Like this is, I can't believe how extensive it is, honestly. Mm -hmm. And and by having the recorder built in, uh, you actually free yourself from making sense of those lists because when you are interacting with the system it actually uses this list that you just mentioned and said ah okay user is doing this and that and, and then so you don't need to even compile the list yourself but you have the power you can you have the power to extend it like you you say okay and then i modify the step and whatnot using you know the list that you mentioned like uh, create files or read or uh, you know modify yeah that's really cool i'm just so, so what, what can be automated uh, I, like, I don't know, like a uh, larger percentage of office work can be automated. Like whatever you, you do routinely, uh, you can automate it uh, yourself. So one, one example from my 
personal life is I, I live in Tallinn, uh, in a remote part of Tallinn, and we have a beach like 800 meters uh, down the street. And uh, uh, there is actually a, a facility that measures water temperature. And because Estonia is usually cold and we rarely have uh, nice weather, uh, uh, we, we rarely go to the beach to swim, especially you know in May. Uh, maybe when it's July uh, or beginning of August. But sometimes, depending on the wind conditions and the historical weather, uh, the water gets really warm. Uh, and the only way to check this is to actually go to the local uh, uh, web page of the uh, measuring station. They publish the data on the web page. So, so in the morning, you go and see, you know, what's the water temperature and, you know, you go or don't go. But this is manual thing. And what usually happens is that Three days later, I realized, oh, it was, you know, on Monday, we could have went swimming. Uh, but but this is the perfect place to automate it because I need to go to a web page and read the data. But actually, I can just record those steps, like go to a web page, read the data. And if the water temperature is above, you know, my swimming threshold, just send a notification to my phone That's and awesome. and and you forget about it like i no longer need to go and uh look at the data uh, so so that's that's one that's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah, you have to install in Edge. You have to install an extension. So I'm getting that installed mm -hmm. right now. Yes, but yes. that's uh, yes. that's pretty cool. I'm going to see what I can extract from pages here. I like it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me a lot of uh, Jason when we worked together previously. We had a, a a building where on the roof there was lunch tables, yeah. but we were also right on the edge of a lake. So it was actually it took a lot of weather conditions for us to know whether it was nice enough to eat up there. And we actually built a tool that would do a lot of that, but it was all custom code that mm -hmm. had to be built on, on, on our own time to stitch that all together to, to just to email us whether we should eat inside or outside every day. To put the perspective to it, so you know how much effort and the knowledge it took for you to kind of create uh, this very cool app, but it is very domain specific. Like this is solving your particular case, and there is no software in the world that's you know created for it. So so you needed to create it for yourself. So to put into perspective the the location tracking example uh, and and the, the no code that I will uh, post uh, in the description of this episode, we created in about three days. So, so it took about two weekends to make it end-to-end. -end. And it's a very complex thing. Now, you can compare uh, to the solution you built how much time and effort you took. Uh, and and that, that's how you get the understanding of how powerful uh, the platform is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just built an automation to go to the MS Dev Show website. Now I'm looking at how I actually extract data from that. Oh, you pick <laughs> it. You click on it. Yes, you click on it. Right-click oh and God. say, hey, output variable. Oh, look at that. And, and you get it. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> and, it's all, and it also uses, does it in a smart way so so that it doesn't break. Like, you know, the, the page rearranges, there is a whatever, ads banner and something, it won't break. Like, it, 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 it tries really hard uh, to be resilient. Wow, that's cool. I'm going to have to put that into, like, InfluxDB. Like, I'll have to, I, I want to figure out how to start storing this data. And Carl can yes. start gathering his uh, his pool data there. Yep. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. 
Yeah, so I, I just went through and, and download the desktop. I, I just finished with that. I mean, even for a non-technical person, even the install process is pretty slick. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's very much tailored uh, to non-engineers, uh, no, non-software engineers. You you shouldn't need a software engineering degree. Uh, you The idea here is that you can be a professional in any other industry and be able to automate your uh, flows. Cool. Well, I think we got everybody interested in this. So like, what is the best place for people to get started? Like, should they install Power Automate or should they go to powerapp.com or where should they go? Mm-hmm. So I, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I think the best place to start is, you know, find my cat example. Okay. <laughs> Why? Because it's it's really easy and really fast use of AI. Uh, but it's very powerful. Okay. Uh, so, so you need just a couple of hours to grow, go through the sample, and you will make yourself an application that that uses AI to. It does a complex thing. It, it uses AI to go through, you know, kind of images and video stream uh, and make decisions, make action based on uh, what it recognizes. And the core of the app is not programmed. You are actually a teacher. So, so depending on which data you give it, you, you get you know different uh, result. So, so you essentially you know don't need to be a you truly don't need to be a software engineer. I, I make a, so so where is the best place to start? I think if you're listening to this, uh, the best place is uh, truly find my cat uh, sample. And the other place is just go to powerplatform.com. So parts of the power platform is is uh, uh, power apps. That's what find my cat does. Power Automate, that's that's how the server application that, that connects with uh, Garmin is made. There is uh, a Power BI that is used for data visualization, and then Power Virtual Agents that's, that's made for uh, conversational uh, interface. You can actually talk with your system, uh, and they all work together. Uh, what I want to say, the, the the solutions you build with one actually naturally extend. Like when you when you use power virtual agents, you can just add another type of user interface on top of whatever you built. So so depending on what you are interested, you know you go to uh, power platform and start from you know where where your heart resides. Um, very cool, very cool. Anything else you wanted to mention before we move on? I think that was a really good intro. I think that that'll get our listeners excited for the service. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so. The one thing, one thing that I wanted to mention regarding, like, where can you use it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the location tracking sample, similarly, like, find my cat. It's actually you know, kind of a, a blueprint of, of a service that you can then change, you know, head and tail uh, to make it usable. So what it essentially does, it 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 tracks a sportsman through the world, uh, but but you can modify it to track your fleet. So if you're a transport company, uh, you can essentially track your delivery vans uh, and and fairly cheap because the the system is uh, you know through promise of uh, uh, cloud services uh, you you start with a very little expense like the initial investment is is nothing close to nothing like the hardware you use is Garmin uh, device that is you know a couple of hundreds of dollars and and that's about it. So the solution we built, we built it in basically two weeks, but uh, two weekends. But you know, if we are familiar with the platform, but somebody who is not familiar maybe takes a couple of weeks. But essentially, what you can get is you can track your fleet on a map, and then once the data is in database, 
you can actually start reasoning on it. So, so instead of sending an email when the van arrives at the customer's location, you can flip the logic and say, well, send me an email if the van didn't arrive. <laughs> if the delivery time is you know nine in the morning and van is not at my customer, send me a notification and you can go and fix it. You can you know call a customer and say, hey, sorry, it's late and you know here is the location and you know it will be there. But once you do that, you kind of react at the when the problem occurs. But the system can actually help you prevent problems in the first place because you know where your warehouse is and you know where the customer is. So you know how much time it takes for a van to reach the customer. And if it takes one hour and if van didn't depart at eight in the morning, you can act before the issue happens. Maybe they have a problem in the warehouse. You can call and see what's happening. Maybe the driver forgot and you, you can, you know, hey, you know, delivery is on the way. And in the end, you can provide a better service uh, to your customers. While at the heart, you are a transport company and you didn't have IT department and you didn't contract out software engineers to build a relatively expensive right. solution right. that you kind of can't maintain. So that's that's what I'm aiming at. Like the, the possibilities are really huge and the time to market is really low. Right. So you can invest a couple of weeks and give it give the solution to, to your customers and get the feedback and iterate and improve without huge upfront investment. Cool. So something everybody should try uh, so that they understand the positioning. Very cool. Very cool. I think so. So Mateo, where can uh, where can people find you? Where can people find me? Uh, uh, so <laughs> I know some a, of your a, posts were, were from your blog. Is that where you want people to yes, go? Yes. Yes. So so come to the blog, take a look, uh, go through the sample, leave me a comment if you're interested. Otherwise, I'm in sunny Estonia and uh, in Microsoft <laughs> Development Center in Tallinn and um, uh you, you, we can go for a drink, <laughs> but uh, in reality, online, uh, yeah, I think the the blog is the good place, and let's okay. engage. Very cool. And Carl, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer. And you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash techie. So, Matea, thank you so much for coming on here talking about everything that was prefixed with the word power, <laughs> power app, power flow, power automate, all the all the power things. Thank you so much. Uh, for 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 the conclusion or for the end, I, I like I, recently I had a like uh, uh, interesting uh, idea or like interesting revelation that so we have actually a programming language that is called, spoken by really huge amount of people, and and this programming language is actually called Excel. Right. <laughs> so so what I want to say is like. There are more people speaking Excel language than there are native speakers of almost all languages on planet Earth. <laughs> so, so more people speak Excel than if you take almost any given language on Earth. There are there are more more people uh, who who know Excel than natively speaking that wow. language. Now, think about this. Uh, what I want to say is, we can say to those millions of Excel users that you, know, you are actually a citizen developer in today. You are a software engineer for, for most intents and purposes. Today, you have tools available to you to automate your processes, to automate your uh, routines in, in work uh, or, or in, in uh, your daily life. And you already have the knowledge to make custom applications that, that fit your need. You know, there is, there is no additional learning needed. 
uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm very excited about this. You yeah. know, th- this, this is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Mateo. Uh, thank you. Thank you really for hosting. <laughs>